Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mama, it's those boys again. Episode five of the Holler Pod coming to you in a little different capacity today. Um, as we mentioned at the end of last week's episode, we were able to track down uh, a former Prestonsburg High School cheerleader and former UK cheerleader, Cheyenne Bustle, to kind of give us an exclusive interview on uh, what it means to be a UK cheerleader, kind of what it takes, what that process looks like and then her two cents on uh, the big story that's in the news right now so we want to give a huge shout out to her um brian was able to track her down and, and kind of bring this to the forefront so brian what do you got to say about it yeah just again thank her for hopping on here like this was super random request but she really came in clutch with us um it's really interesting to get her perspective on it as somebody that's gone through the whole process and was a cheerleader and a student and she's from back home. So that's cool. Um, yeah, just thank her. Yeah. Enjoy, you know, these three hillbillies really keep pulling the strings, man. You know, yeah. we, we made out all right. I keep telling Megan, Eastern keep pulling Kentucky, the thread. Eastern Kentucky rules the world. One day yeah. you will recognize. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, Thank you to Cheyenne. Uh, we really appreciate it. And without further ado, we'll tee it up for you guys. So enjoy. All right, guys. So today we're going to talk with Cheyenne Bustle. She's a UK cheerleading alum. Um, Cheyenne, tell us, you know, what years you were there, what titles you guys won, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, I was on the team, um, made the team in 2014, cheered there. 2015 through um, 17. So I uh, didn't cheer my senior year due to injuries and some personal stuff um, with school. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so can you, since you've been through all of this, can you talk a little bit about like how difficult it is to actually get on the team? Like it's not, it's not a cakewalk. Like nobody, not just anybody can do it. Right. So to be on the team, first you have to attend um, clinics. It's like, you know, an all day camp. It's uh, two days um, on the weekend. There is a fall clinic and a spring clinic. Um, So I went, you know, all my years through high school just for the exposure and the extra practice and stuff. But once you're a senior, um, you go and the seniors that are on UK's team keep like a note card on them all weekend and they just kind of like track your progress, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Um, and then at the end of the weekend, um, they, you know, go in a room and they talk about the note cards with the coach and, you know, who they think will be a good fit for the team, who they think might not be um, as good of a fit or you know, someone who they may call to try out like next year. Like maybe they just need some, yeah, more. some improvement. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's like all kinds of comments um, on the card like that, you know, needs to get better at this. There's always like a reason. Um, and they go over these cards um, at the end of the clinic. We all line up, all the seniors. And either Jomo or T Lynn or one of the assistant coaches will have your card. You'll wait in line. When it's your turn, they tell you basically if you're invited to try out or not. So you have to get an invite. Um, They tell you why you're invited if you are and then 
why you might not be invited. Um, so it's like constructive, like they're not just, it's mm -hmm. not like just they're being mean or whatever, like it's a competition. Oh yeah, definitely. It's all constructive criticism, you know, and sometimes it's hard for people to hear that stuff. Um, yeah, because if you grow up not hearing that, you know, yeah. it's going to be tough. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's definitely hard to hear constructive criticism sometimes, but, you know, it's needed. It makes us better people and better athletes. Yeah. Um, and that's what Kentucky's all about. You know, every year you're striving to get better. Um, and they make that clear, you know, before you're even a part of the team. They have like a mock tryout with you at clinic. They tell you everything that you're going to experience through tryouts and like have someone demo it for you so you know exactly what to expect. Um, so the spring clinic is usually in April and then tryouts are the first weekend of May. So trying out, it's a, it's a long weekend. It's a four-day process. Um, there's a cut each day. So at the end of the day, after, you know, you've gotten your chance to show all your tumbling skills, all your um, stunting skills with different partners and, uh, you know, just get to know people at the end of the day, they'll post uh, a paper like on the door and you can come yeah. back. If your number's on it, you're good. You made it to the next round. If your number is not on it, then you're cut. So, um, there's two days of mainly just getting your trial stunts and um, tumbling skills together. You get a picture partner, you know, who you want to try out with. You have to do an elite stunt. Um, you have to do a sideline cheer with a stunt and the fight song. And then a stunt where you do a heel stretch and then whatever dismount um, you want to get out of it. And then you also get to choose what way you get into it. This might be confusing for people that don't know cheerleading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you do, it'll make sense. Um, but anyway, it, it's a lot is the point. And um, the third day, we have interviews. So we have a morning practice where you get to practice all your skills, and then you go home and you get ready. And basically, you know, you wear a nice, like you would wear for a job interview, nice yeah. dress, you know, hair, makeup done. And they call you one by one into a room where you sit on a stage in a chair in front of a table and in the crowd in front of you is like 50 alumni and in the front row is Jomo, Thielen and the other assistant coaches and then you know all these people that you've watched cheer your whole life you know all the yeah. people that you wanted to be they're staring you right in the face and they can ask you anything they want so it's, it's the most intimidating that isn't that's intense it really oh, is it's so intimidating like, and especially if you're like, ha if you have a fear of public speaking, it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> and you never know what they're going to ask you. Um, you have to try out every single year. So even if you yeah. made it the first year, you have to go through that same process the next year and the next year and the next year. Well, um, do you think that that kind of adds to the success of the team? Like oh, yeah. the having to try out every year, so everybody's having to be at the tip top of their level. Definitely, because you know, each year we get a new round of like freshmen or you know just new people, not necessarily yeah. freshmen. People transfer, um, like really talented people, and if you know someone's better than you, they will one hundred percent take your spot. So you have to one hundred percent like always be improving and trying to get better, trying to get new skills, um, representing the team. You know the way that Jomo expects us to represent the team. 
um, there are people that get asked to not come back, you know, if they think that you've slacked and uh, maybe you've done some stuff that makes you not a good fit for the program anymore. Like they'll ask you not to come back and someone will take your place. Um, but yeah, I mean, every year it's just as intimidating. I was just as nervous my freshman year trying out as I was my junior year. Yeah. So talking about like the whole incident that happened, somebody that didn't make a team or whatever, um, we kind of see that in society in general today with like everybody gets a participation trophy, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, do you think that that's going to have an effect? Because since this kind of thing has happened, like I said, you know, at a big school like this, a very prestigious program, like you said, with 24 titles, um, do you think that that's going to be, there's a potential, I guess, for something this, like this to be more common, more mainstream now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we live in a society now where everyone's offended. Um, everyone is, you know, just people don't raise their kids the same way anymore, basically. Well, like, and like we said, like, it's hard to hear constructive criticism, yeah, but you have to hear that to improve. If you don't improve, you're not really reaching the potential that you have. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, just a little backstory. So, um, for people, because I know it's confusing to people who aren't familiar with Kentucky cheerleading, yeah. so there's a white squad and a blue squad. Um, white squad mainly cheers women's basketball games, um, and they do all football games, um, volleyball games, and gymnastics meets. Blue squad does those same things, except they cheer um, men's basketball games instead of women's. Yeah. Um, at some point in the season during competition when, you know, Blue Squad has gone to nationals, um, we'll cheer, the White Squad will cheer the men's basketball games that they have to miss and vice versa. When White Squad's gone to nationals, Blue Squad will cheer those women's games. But for the most part, you know, Blue Squad cheers men's basketball games. They yeah. compete UCA nationals and White Squad competes cheer sport nationals. Um, so this particular girl who, you know, her and her mom started all these allegations. Um, she was on White Squad. And, you know, I, I'm assuming, I don't know her personally, you know, I've just heard things. Um, yeah. She wanted to be on Blue Squad. Everybody wants to be on Blue Squad. Sometimes. Yeah, that's the prestigious. That's where you want to be. You know, that's the, yeah. that's the ultimate goal. Sometimes you're not good enough. I was on White Squad for three years. I was not ever good enough for Blue Squad. There are many other people who were always on White Squad, but you know they didn't they didn't care because yeah. it's not about being the best for everyone. It's just about being part of the program and part of the family, and you know being associated with Kentucky cheerleading. Um, and you're still doing it at such a high level. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's not. It's not like those the female sports or anything like that. It's not like they're like pushovers. Like those are you know that's right. hard stuff. Um. And, you know, people that, you know, aren't educated on it, you know, they think, oh, that's the bad team, that's the good team. No, yeah. like forever, you know, there's been so many years where people have said, well, if Blue Squad and White Squad both competed at UCA Nationals, they would take first and second place. And that is most likely true, um, you know, in plenty of years. Um, but, you know, like I said, some people, I guess, just when they don't get their way, they want to take people down with them. And yeah. um, 
it's it's heartbreaking. You know, these are people's careers. These are their lives. Yeah. Like, like they've spent so many years trying to build the program and have it to such a level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he Lynn, um, our advisor, he's been the cheerleading advisor for 40 years. He is like the face of Kentucky cheerleading. Um, you know, he decided to retire when he heard about the allegations. Um, he serves as an attorney for the university and, you know, I'm sure he didn't, couldn't be involved for the sake of his other job. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this investigation, I mean, it was 50 or so cheerleaders words against one other cheerleader and her mom's, you know, and I just, and it's it so out of proportion. Yeah. And you know, the, the articles and stuff, these investigators, like they picked and chose what they want to include in the article and what they did not. Well, um, we're seeing that a lot in news in general these days. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. The media is, I mean, everybody very biased. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. How, it's possible that, you know, these people who've worked, two of them, the majority of their lives to build this program lose their jobs because of one person and her mom's allegations towards them um, with no proof, no physical proof whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's, that's a shame because, like you said, these people have spent their lives building this program. Yeah. Um, let me, I got to go my computer charger. So I'm okay. gonna reload. Um, <laughs> but do you care can I talk about the allegations like Yeah, bit? yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. And you can like you said, you if you want to talk about the retreat thing where all this happened, you said you want to talk about that. You can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, so okay, so we have tryouts, you make the team, um, you have some time to like rest, go home, be with your family. And then we have two-a-day practices. Everybody knows what two-a-day practices is. You know, practice two times a day. It's super intense. Um, we run a mile before every practice. Um, after you run your mile, you go straight in. You don't get water. You stretch. You put your tumbling shoes on, and you tumble. Yeah. Then you can get water, and then it's go time for two or three more hours. Um, that's twice a day for two weeks. And it, is this both white squad and blue squad that do yeah. this? Together. So like, so that's what I'm saying. Like earlier, it's not like you're at a lower level than right. the blue squad. You just did not fit that squad. Yep. So we all do all of those practices together. Um, at some point, when we start working on like stunts that we want to do for camp, which usually happens in the beginning of July or late June, we'll split up so that like. The white squad faces this side of the room and the blue squad faces this side of the room. We're still in the same room. We're still stunning next to each other. Like, you know, we are one big program. It's one big yeah. Um, So we have, you know, two days for those two weeks. You go home for a few weeks, be with your family, whatever. Then we come back. We have two days for camp. Same deal, except, you know, we put together some pyramids and stuff because um, we compete at camp against other colleges. So we kind of prepare for that. But other than that, it's the same, you know, practices. Um, we go to camp. So this is where some allegations were made about something like, I think 
freaking Karen said that squad members made freshmen squad members or younger squad members do I think it's the, it's the only thing I can think is it'll be the fight song. And if you messed up, they had to take off their clothing. Yeah. I I was not there. I mean, I cannot attest to what happened. But that's ab- absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it is. You know, like I said, I have people, like friends who are on the team. And I 100% yeah. know if something like that happened, I would have heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like you said, it is a close-knit group of people. Oh, yeah. Like, like we're all, we talk every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she, apparently that was said that that happened. I know that's 100% not true. Um, and then, so anyway, camp is like, you know, bonding time. It's a fun time. You get to know other people from other schools. We compete. We usually win. I can't think of a time when we haven't won. Yeah, I don't know. We may have gotten second in a couple things, but usually, you know. Um, and that's for white squad and blue squad again. Um, they we compete different divisions at camp, but both of us usually come out on top. Um, and then after camp, um, we usually get a couple weeks at home. I think it's usually like the first week of August is where we go to retreat. So this is where the allegations were made that apparently people were doing, um, topless and bottomless baskets into the lake and everybody was hammered. I don't know. So retreat, we take these buses down to the 4-H campsite at Lake Cumberland. There's been so many years we didn't have no air conditioner (laughs) um, on the buses. Like it is, it's rough. You know, we take the vans down there. We stay in these cabins. Um, you it's know, not like a glamorous trip. No. Oh, my God, no. It's You're there to work. Yeah. It's like literally team bonding. It's like 4-H camp, for real. So we stay in these bunk beds. There's bugs everywhere. Like, you know, our favorite part, of course, is going to the lake. Um, but we only go to the lake, like, a couple times. The majority of our time at retreat, is spent in this cafeteria where we sit down at, you know, the cafeteria tables like you have in elementary school, all in there, you know, no makeup, no hair done. We're like 100% all real and natural with each other for the first time. Um, You know, tryouts and all that, everybody's like makeup and hair done and you're, you know, putting on a presentation. Retreat is about getting real with everyone. Um, We sit in there and we go over um, rules for the university and uh, like documents that have been passed down since the 80s. Like literally they teach you like the foundations of Kentucky cheerleading. Like there is no tolerance for um, alcohol, no tolerance for drugs, um, no tolerance for bullying, hazing. Um, You know, the most important part of all that conversation is you are an ambassador for the university. Um, you know, when people think about Kentucky cheerleading, like we are the first people that, um, you know, the crowd sees in a basketball game, football game, volleyball, um, 
you know, you're, you're representing the university. And that's the whole point of the conversation. And we have these conversations and go over rules and um, absolute responsibility. That's the most important thing that t and Jomo have ever taught me and everyone else who's ever been through the program. You know, you're 100% responsible for yourself. Um, everything you do, that's on you. You don't get opportunities, you make opportunities. Like, that is the whole gist of that weekend. Um, yeah. And we spend hours in that cafeteria going over these things. And we talk about the punishments. If you do get caught, you know, um, with alcohol or um, if you fail a drug test, all that kind of stuff. We talk about all the consequences and they are strictly enforced. Um, the rest of the time we're playing team bonding games. I mean, you know, typical stuff that, you would do like at 4-H camp. Um, we go to the lake, we play kickball, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But at the lake, we do baskets into the water. You know, we're cheerleaders. We want to throw people and do cool stuff yeah. into the water, of course. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, so I don't know, you know, if you've seen, there's a lot of videos floating around. People have posted themselves doing like a double back basket into the water fully clothed in their swimsuit no hazing is happening in the background no yeah. alcohol is in the background no one's wasted um you know just proof of like this is what retreat is like these allegations are absolutely ridiculous um one of my former teammates um kyle still he did like an instagram live of you know his perspective his experience and he talked about you know every time that we were caught with alcohol we were punished i mean we would run and run and run and run until you couldn't run anymore um there's severe punishment there's no tolerance for alcohol especially you know when you're somewhere with um the cheer team representing the university you know, if you are of age and you want to drink outside of your UK gear at your house, if you want to go out, that's fine. But, you know, you can't associate it with the program. Um, so, you know, he, he kind of just talked about that, and it was it was a really good video. Um, if anybody wants to watch it, Kyle's still on Instagram. Um, he has it posted on his profile. Um, but, you know, he made some comments like, some people would go to the lake at night and go skinny dipping. Like, you know, we're college kids. We're college kids. Well, also, like, we're all at least 18. Yeah. Like, that's our decision. And yeah. were the coaches there? No. Why do you think we were sneaking out at midnight out of the cabins? Like, yeah. <laughs> so the whole, like, the whole thing is, you know, the coaches were there. They were aware of it, and they did nothing. Um, that's 100% untrue. Um, when people do baskets, if they want to do a topless basket that, you know, obviously they're going to do when the coaches aren't around, they do it when the coaches aren't around. Yeah. For um, a reason. And if you were involved in that, like, that's fine. That's your choice, but take responsibility for it. Like if you're embarrassed about it, and I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if this Tylee girl, if she did that. But, you know, if you did take responsibility, you are an adult. The coaches were not there. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I assume that, you know, they think we're adults. We can take care of ourselves. You know, there's 40 plus of us out there together. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my whole take on it. It's just, you know, these people who may have taken part in these activities, they're adults. They yeah. take responsibilities for themselves. And to put it on the coaches is just ridiculous. It's unfair, um, too. It's so unfair, you know. It's like a hit job. It are ruined because of yeah. you know, someone's upset. You know, pissed because they weren't on blue squad and they, they didn't get to stunt at cheer sport with white squad. And, like, you know, that sucks. But sometimes. Well, and like you said, every, yeah, every year you get to try out. Yeah. So it, even if she didn't make it. This year, there's always next year to take that time and get better to make exactly. a better, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And this particular girl, I'll say too, um, there's been numerous things posted on the internet about like people from her hometown giving their kind of two cents on her and her mom and how they've destroyed multiple cheer gyms that they've been a part of because of them making allegations about coaches because she didn't get her way. It's not just UK. She's done it multiple times before. Um, Do you think that something should be added? Like as far as, like I said, you know, or well, you said you have to go through this really stringent process where they pick you. Do you yeah. think from this more, it's going to be even harder to get onto squads at certain schools, especially UK, but mm -hmm. other big name schools? Yeah, I mean, you know, we hear all the time, like, watch what you put on social media. Um, you know, people look at that for when you're interviewing for a job. Um, cheerleading coaches look at that stuff. Um, you know, I'm assuming they had no prior knowledge of, like, her background. But I am sure they will definitely now, look at yeah. that stuff now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, another thing. Do you think since like cancel culture and stuff is so prevalent right now that that's why that this girl has been able to go, like you said, destroy several programs and now such a big prestigious program like this? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely suspicious to me that this whole I mean, the allegations were made on February 3rd. The investigation has taken place during quarantine. Um, I mean, were people even, I mean, I know for a fact the whole team wasn't able to be investigated because they didn't get to everyone because of quarantine. Yeah. So that is yeah. one thing that, you know, definitely doesn't add up. Um, how can you, you know, close an investigation when you haven't even investigated all the people involved? I, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, um, and what do you think about the reporting, like the original reporting on the whole thing? It was yeah. like, wasn't it like very skewed? Yeah, well, the report also didn't make sense. You, you know, I've seen, I have the whole report with, like, yeah. all the witnesses, everything. Um, but the report where, you know, it was, in quotes, what Karen reported was not, it didn't even make sense. Because, one, she said that um, retreat was in Tennessee. I think we all know that Lake Cumberland wasn't in Tennessee. Yeah. And, you know, she probably couldn't remember how to put her her story because retreat happens in august it's february 
why are you making allegations now about how your daughter is traumatized, you know, however many months later? And then the days before all of this, like, hit the internet and the article came out, she's posting videos of her daughter stunting and doing her skills in UK cheer attire. Like, she's proud of it. If you were, you know, that upset with the university and so traumatized, like, why why would you want to support UK Cheer and like advertise it and leave it on your Instagram bio? It just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, that doesn't. Do you think it was this is kind of like an attention move? Like, look at me, look at me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, according to people that she's known her whole life, it's always been that way for her. You know. Yeah. She's not. So she was just used to getting the attention and she didn't get it. So yeah. she's getting she's playing a baby move. And, you know, I think, you know, like us from a small town, every small town has one. Every small yeah. town. <laughs> yeah. They do. And every sports team, like, has that kid that their yeah, parent 100%. is upset when they don't get to play first base. Like, you know, yeah. it's everywhere. And, again, at, like, such a high level, you can't yeah. have people like that. You can't. Yeah, it's- I don't. It's a shame. It really is a shame that the whole thing happened to the program because that's, like I said, you know, that's like some of the winningest coaches in the history of UK. They are like the most influential people in cheerleading. Um, You know, I said they've been here for so many years. Um, I just, I can't preach enough like how much that they have had an influence on me and like the person that I am now. And I know that every alumni that came before me agrees. Um, We have a Facebook page, you know, the University of Kentucky Cheerleading Alumni. Um, And there is like, I think there's over 500 members. And like at least 500 of us have signed petitions and told our stories and, you know, can just attest to the things that Jomo and Thielen did for us and how they made us better people, not just better athletes. Um, They're not the type of people that would turn their head if hazing was happening, if, um, you know, alcohol was involved. Like, they would not turn their heads to that. And I know because I've been there. I've ran for that. (laughs) Um, You know, that's the reality. And I, I don't understand how, you know, people would take this girl and her mom's word over, you know, so many others, 500 alumni, it just doesn't make sense. Well, and like you said, the investigation was closed before they even like investigated all the parties involved. Yep, exactly. That's super, that is super weird. Yeah. And I know um, some of the current cheerleaders who were involved in the investigation, you know, they've only been able to say so much because of um, legal stuff i'm not educated on that but you know they they want to tell their stories and they want to tell exactly what happened and i know um from them that you know they have jumped the investigators throats because they have twisted their words and you know picked in and chosen what they want to um, publish out there for people to see yeah and it's it's full of half the truth that is just the best way to put it so that's and that seems to be the case for journalism as a whole, you know, yeah. kind of today. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so before we go, um, I have to know, is there is it is there any truth to the fact that you have to be or you have to have a certain shoe size or be a certain height or weight before you can no, be on the team? That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean if you just think about like cheerleaders, we have to be thrown in the air. Yeah. You have to be able to stand on people's hands. So like obviously you want to be fit. If you're shorter, it's easier to throw and do stunts with you. You're most likely better at tumbling. Um, yeah. That's like the reality of it. But is there a cutoff of like, <laughs> you're five foot, you can't make the team. Or yeah. you're 110 pounds, nope, like you're cut. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, that's one of those things, you know, that people yeah, say. Definitely. I've had so many people like ask me, Oh, like your friend, like she looks a little bit tall. Like, how did she make the team? And yeah, that's totally not. Yeah. True. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Cheyenne. This is cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.